Edutainment Learning is powered by Academica Virtual Education and Collegia TV. For more information, visit www.edutainmentlearning.com. My name is Jackie Joanna Kersey, and I grew up in East St. Louis, Illinois, and I am an Olympian, uh, four-time Olympian, and I also run my foundation in my hometown of East St. Louis, Illinois. So um, do you mind if we just jump right into some, some student questions? Some of them have been emailed to me. Is that okay? Yes. yes. Okay, guys, if you have any questions, you guys here, go ahead and put them in the chat and uh, we'll give you some time. Uh, if we have time, we'll let, we'll let you ask. So one of the kids wanted to know, what, where did your foundation come from? Like it, I, a lot of athletes, they just kind of retire and that's, that's it. They just live in a retirement, but you kept going. So what was the inspiration behind that? So my inspiration behind my, my foundation work uh, started years ago. I came, I grew up in a community center and that's where I was exposed to, uh, at that time we had the library. I worked with the librarian. I also worked with seniors being a part of the Meals on Wheels program and also arts and craft. Catherine Dunham, who is from our, our community, world-renowned African dance uh, extraordinaire. Uh, her instructors would come to that community center. And then I was exposed to uh, athletics and, and I got involved in sports through, uh, through the community center. But then I was, I was about nine, 10 years of age. And, and eventually I uh, went off to school and, and the whole process behind having a community center was because I lost my mother unexpectedly as a freshman in college, and I wanted to go somewhere where people could pour into me, and that center is where I wanted to go, but I was surprised to find that the center had shut down, and at the age of 18, I just started thinking, where do the young people go, and I started my thought process of maybe one day opening that center. I didn't know you need money, you know, to open up a, a community center. But it stayed with me and through my journey of making Olympic teams and having sponsorships allowed me to eventually uh, open uh, the Jackie Joanna Kersey Center now in East St. Louis in the year 2000. And it is, I mean, it, the ripples have gone beyond your community though, um, your, your philanthropic work. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, we have a question from Spain. This is Aitana, and my apologies if I mispronounced your name, but you had a very good question. Go ahead and ask. Uh, when did you decide that you wanted to be an athlete? I started at the age of nine, and I wasn't, wanting, I wasn't good. My first race, I finished last, but I said if I can improve a tenth of a second if I was running or half an inch if I was jumping, that meant the work that I was doing was paying off. And it was very important for me to always listen to my coaches and, and do the best that I could do and see myself going from last place to seventh place or eighth place. You know, you got different color ribbons. And then I wanted to get hardware. Hardware was like being gold medal, silver medal, or bronze medalist. And so, so that philosophy of running started at the age of nine. And when I was 14, I saw the 1976 Olympic Games on television. I saw women doing what I was trying to do. And I thought, wow, maybe one day I could be on television by going to the Olympics. And that's how it started for me. And you were everywhere. You're a sports <laughs> illustrator. I remember seeing you everywhere. Like it's, it's, 
I'm big into running and you were one of my heroes growing up. So it's really weird to be able to talk to you in a good way. Uh, okay, you. Carla, you have an awesome question, my friend. Go ahead and unmute to ask um, Jackie. Okay, um, do you have any other hobbies or something like that? Do you have any other hobbies besides uh, sports and vol your volunteer work? You know what? Uh, I. I would call it, you know, hobbies. I mean, I love running. You know, running now is a hobby, running and walking. I also play basketball and I play volleyball. I'm not a good bowler. I don't mind going, you know, bowling. And once in a while, I might go to the movie theater, but I do love fashion. I love shopping. <laughs> so I love just having fun and uh, enjoying myself, finding ways to relax, you know, uh, I'm a strong believer. I have a strong faith. Uh, so hobbies, and you know, I love to play around a lot. I love having fun. You know, I, I just love being able to enjoy life and, and, and spread, you know, joy, even through some of the darkest moments that I can still find joy in that day. And that's either just joking around and having fun. Well, we thank you for spreading that joy here. There's so many kids all over who are, who are so inspired by you. Um, this is Angie. Angie has a question from China. Angie, uh, you can unmute to ask. You had a very good question. Uh, first of all, uh, Jackie, I think you're a very admirable athlete. And my question is, who do you think is your best rival? Well, so my, my uh, best... Uh, Rival when I was competing was a lady named Heike Drexler, who was from Germany. And uh, so we would go at it. Uh, I knew that I needed to be in the best shape if I was going to compete against her. And, and so, uh, but then, you know, in athletics, you know, we always talk about, oh, you focus on yourself. Yeah, focus on myself, but I also know I got competition out there as well to keep me motivated. So I'm, they don't catch me relaxing and not focusing on what I need to do. Gosh, they, I can't imagine, like, how do you get over the nerves for that? I, we did get that email from one of the kids in the States who's a uh, track runner. They wanted you know to what? home it. I love uh, having what we call butterflies because the butterflies help me to focus and concentrate on what I need to do. There were times when I was so relaxed that I didn't do too well. So... I love being nervous because it, it, it really helped me to channel and focus on executing and getting the job done and not putting a lot of pressure on yourself. And that's easy said and done because you have to be able to manage the expectations of others versus the expectations that you are asking of yourself. And as long as you go out and give your best and knowing that you have given your best and sometimes giving your best might not be winning. But knowing that you put everything into it, then you can walk away feeling good and then go back and figure out what can I do? What can I ask of myself to do more? That is, yeah, that's phenomenal. That, that is the most solid advice that anyone could give you guys. Um, this is uh, George. We'll go with a few more questions. I'm going to let you go, Jack. I know you're very busy, but George, go ahead and ask your question. Yes. Okay. So was it difficult for a woman to reach the dream to be Olympic? Was it difficult? Uh, it was hard, <laughs> but I believe in I believe in myself. I believe in that I can turn a doubter into a believer as long as I believe. 
And one of the most important things, working with, uh, training with some of the best athletes in the world that was a part of our camp. But then also, I always remained coachable. No matter how great people said I was, I had to be willing to listen to my, my coach and not get out there with the big head and I, like I know everything. So yes, it was difficult, but I always focus on the goal. I always focus on what I could achieve, not what my coaches wanted me to do, but knowing that my coaches prepared me and I had to get out there and execute, but I had my own goals that I was trying to reach. And that gave me a lot of joy in knowing that I put in the work, now it's time to go out here and execute and get the job done. Um, we have a question from Estelle. Estelle, you had a very good question, my friend. Go ahead and unmute to ask. When did you see that athletics and basketball wasn't just a hobby, but your job? You know, because uh, early on for me, um, women who had come before me didn't have the same opportunities. And being able to earn a scholarship, my scholarship was in basketball to UCLA. And, and I love playing basketball. I love the idea of working in a team environment and learning so much about uh, the respect of other spaces and, and then being able to take that and take it into track and field. So for me, everything that I have been blessed to do with the support of so many people have allowed me to continue to do the work that I'm doing now and knowing that opportunities are there and even when something doesn't go according to the plan, I don't quit. I understand what structure is. I understand that you have to have the determination and grit, the desire to want to do it. And basketball became fun, but it was fun playing with my friends and knowing that, wow, there are other opportunities beyond the basketball court as well as the track court, the track and field. And so, yes, it, it's still a hobby now playing my uh, center here with the kids, but yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's it's like you just have, you must have so much energy to be able to do all this stuff. So um, we have a question from Elena and Elena, you should be able to unmute to ask. I really liked your question, friend. Um, OK, was it hard for you to always be training and sometimes not doing planned with your friends? You know, uh, I knew, I understood the sacrifices I needed to make in order to try to uh, be the best. And, and that my priorities and my goals were, if I was on the track and field or if I was on the basketball court, I wanted to be one of the best. And that meant that sometimes I couldn't hang out with my friends, but that didn't mean I couldn't hang out with them all the time. It was that that was my priority. And so, and I understood, uh, trying to find a balance of the sacrifice in order to be the best is that I have to give uh, give up something that maybe would take me away from my training. That's me hanging out with my friends. But then we would get together and we would hang out because our goals are different. My goal was that I wanted to make the Olympic team. Their goal was to do something else. And, and so it was nothing wrong with that. And I understood that. Yeah, that the amount of sacrifices much have just kept kept going and going and going. Oh yes, your, yes. Family. You don't get family outings. You miss family reunions. All kind of things. But oh, holidays. Yes. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Claire in France, go ahead and ask your question. That was a good one. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, in your life, what are you the most proud of? 
in my life, what I'm most proud of is several things. Uh, one, graduating from college, and then two, building my uh, community center. Uh, and, you know, because my mother and father were teenagers when they had my, my brother Al, who is uh, older than I am, the oldest girl, but, and my mother wasn't able to finish uh, high school. And so uh, one of the, the goals was go to school, be able to graduate. And I was a history major. And so I'm proud of that as well as building a community center in my hometown of East St. Louis. Absolutely. And you guys check it out. We have it in the chat, jjkfoundation.org. Uh, it's really cool stuff. Um, so one of our kids uh, in the States, they had emailed me and they want to know, what would you have been uh, in life or what did you want to be besides an athlete? I think I would have uh, been doing something around uh, teaching. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe in teaching and working with people. And um, so, and I'm still doing that somewhat, but just on a, another, probably uh, in a different arena. So connecting with people and helping people um, because I grew up in that kind of environment, giving them my time, trying to help others. And that's something, that's the path I would, I'm on, but I would continue to have, have taken even if uh, athletics hadn't been a part of my journey. Absolutely. Um, this is the final student question and then, and then uh, we'll kind of wrap it up. But um, this comes from Jose. Jose, I really liked your question, my friend. Go ahead and unmute to ask. Well, I can, I can oh, there he goes. Go ahead, friend. Okay, he, he muted. Uh, so Jose wanted to know, um, uh, can you tell us what was it like when you won your first gold medal? Like, what was that like when you knew you were the best in the world? Oh, yeah. And I'm also proud of that too, being a gold medalist. I didn't say that. But anyway, uh, winning my first gold medal, you dream about this and and have an opportunity, one, to make an Olympic team, but then going and competing in the Olympic Games. And for me, it was so much joy because I thought about all the people who believed in me, who helped me to get there, and then to stand on the podium and to hear the national anthem being played was one of the greatest feelings in the world because a lot of people say you couldn't do it, but the people who surrounded me and said I could do it and to actually uh, make it happen, not only for me, but for for the people who just believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. So it's really one of the greatest feelings in the world to stand on the top podium. And then also to get a silver medal or a bronze medal. I, it's just, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. We actually have uh, one more uh, student question. And this uh, was from one of the students. They wanted to know when you were in college as a collegiate athlete, how did you balance academics and athletics? So, uh, being on the collegiate uh, level or just going to the university, the most important thing is time management and prioritizing. And, and for me, while trying to do two sports, I only focus on one sport during that season. And that was very uh, important. And then when the off season, then try to do my heavy load of, of class taking, in the summer, I never got an opportunity to do like summer school because I was always running, you know, uh, international track and field during the summer. So I would say that it's prioritizing time management and then the discipline that 
you know, knowing who you are. And I had to know who I was. And now I'm an early riser, but an eight o'clock class on the collegiate level is not the same as an eight o'clock class if you were in high school. You know, you don't have anybody there, there to wake you up. You have to get up on your own. And so, and in my family and my mother, everything was always around academics came first. You know, it didn't matter how fast I could run or how far I could throw or jump. You know, if my academics suffered, my mother would take me away from sports. So I'll, that was always embedded in me that uh, schooling takes priority. Education is a priority. And so, and that's the same attitude I had when I went to the next level, the collegiate level. Um, before we before we let you go, uh, first of all, thank you so much for spending time with us today uh, for these kids and teachers all over the world. Uh, you truly are a legend on the track and off the track with your work with education, uh, equity, racial equality, and women's rights. You are just phenomenal. Uh, be, but before we let you go, is there any advice that you could give to these kids as they go off into the world and figure out what kind of path they want to follow? Yeah, you know, my advice would be to them is that one, believe in yourself because you can turn a doubter into a believer as long as you believe and never give up. Even when it seems uh, the odds are against you, dig deep because if you truly want something, you will work through whatever the struggles may be. And once those doors open, remind yourself that you don't want to go back there. So I would say continue to work hard surround yourself, really surround yourself with positive people and know who your friends are and, and, and just believe in yourself because if you believe, you can turn a doubter into a believer, but the belief starts with you first. That is absolutely solid advice and we can't thank you enough. And guys, definitely, again, check out the website for jjkfoundation.org. This was the memory of a lifetime for so many of us around the world and we can't thank you enough. And um, before I let you go, I always do this with all of our guests. I let everyone unmute to, so all the students and teachers can say thank you. And then I'll end the meeting for all. So, uh, and guys, we have a lot of awesome uh, guests coming up next week. Check it out um, on the website and uh, sign up for whatever you want. But can we all say thank you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.